It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. And you have a great face. Don't worry. Consequence Podcast Network. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Hey, and welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here and checking out the series. Uh, I do hope you hit that subscribe button if you if you like what you see, what you hear. Uh, you subscribe. I will give you three brand new interviews every single week. New and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover those new ones all the usual places, too. You can do it at Spotify, Apple Podcast, at NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith With. In fact, uh, some of my recent uh, guests have included uh, Gavin Rosdell of Bush, Art Alexakis of Everclear, Johnny Marr, Paul Rogers of uh, of Bad Company and Free. I had The Kills on, Boy Named Banjo, Japanese House, Brand of Flowers of The Killers. Uh, The producers behind Lessons in Chemistry on Apple TV Plus. Talked to Chris Shiflett from The Foo Fighters, Liz Fair, Sarah Silverman, Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses, Felicia Day, Susan Tedeschi, Josh Radner from How I Met Your Mother, Kristen Hirsch of Throwing Muses. Just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith with podcast. Again, that's me, Kyle Meredith. Today, it's a very special episode. Rufus Wainwright joining me once again. But this interview, we actually uh, taped live in front of an audience right here in Louisville, Kentucky, at the uh, at the, the speakeasy bar Heller Highwater. Uh, Rufus, the very next day was to, well, he did, he performed with the uh, Louisville Orchestra. Uh, and, and that's sort of what brought all this together. It's the 20th anniversary of his third and fourth album, Want, Parts 1 and 2. You might also just look at that as a, a double album of his third record. Uh, but it was a record that uh, that sort of came orchestrated. And in this anniversary cycle, he's teamed up with some uh, some great orchestras, the Louisville Orchestra uh, being one of them. So we get to kind of jump into it, learn about what was it that lent this particular album to the orchestral arrangement, why the album was always meant to, as he says, be played that way. As we look back on his uh, that period in his career uh, as an artist with three successful albums in a row at that point, uh, he'll also dig into the uh, to the operas that he's written. Uh, and in fact, he tells us about uh, his history, uh, having been a fan of opera since his teen years. He'll also consider why so many artists continue to make the same songs over and over. All the while, also trying to figure out why his daughter likes Taylor Swift's music so much. All that and more as we talk about the 20th anniversary of Want. It's Kyle Meredith with Rufus Wainwright. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, Again, it's not just that you're 
playing with the Lovo Orchestra and, and doing these orchestrated versions of one, but it's also the uh, 20th anniversary. Yes, yeah. Recently, uh, it's, it's been the 20th anniversary of everything <laughs> in my life of late. Um, and yes, and uh, Want One and Want Two are, are the latest in that category. Uh, so, so, and I'm I'm still celebrating it. <laughs> um, I don't, you know, uh, but uh, I don't think there'll be that that much more to celebrate <laughs> in those until you know my you know wedding anniversary or something. But th but those were such big records, and uh, they really did a lot for me, uh, uh, especially in Europe. And uh, so yeah, and then. It's great to be, you know, doing them again. Yeah, it's interesting too because you know, thinking back, how much those records have meant to people, and it happens with a lot of artists. Yes. like you know, we we, a lot of artists are held to those early records because for whatever the naivety it brings, some kind of magic. Yeah, and I don't know if you think of even yourself like, you know, how much you knew and you didn't know, but. I mean, yeah. basic question, like when you think back to that, what do those albums mean yeah. to you now? What do well, they represent? Well, I, what, what I'm most proud of in terms of that whole period is that I did kind of the one, two, three punch, which is not uh, common in the sense that, you know, my first album came out, Rufus Wainwright, and like many first albums or, or of, of note, it was it was it was good, uh, but 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 for the reason mainly for the reason though that I'd had you know seventeen years to kind of write songs in my teenagehood and you know growing up just growing up in general and and so 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 it was imbued with just that sort of burst of of of, of um, of becoming an adult or becoming you know coming coming out of childhood so so that happened and that then oftentimes th then the second album. It, and any and any recording artist can attest to this is, is is kind of the most important album because that's sort of like the bellwether you know it, it can go either way and and oftentimes that's when the you know it's just it's over so 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 I made poses and uh, and it and again it was it was it's it's really accepted as sort of a, 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 a kind of a, a departure from my first and sort of it, it really pointed towards a more kind of mysterious. Um, Kind of decadent uh, journey than like this kind of bright-eyed, uh, opera-loving dandy, dandy from Canada. So it got more darker and stuff, and that worked. That worked really well. And then the third one, which I think people are given sort of um, some, you know, uh, slack uh, for their third record. Often, yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, maybe the third one won't be quite as good. But but if your third one's really great, which which want for me was. The Want Records, on, and there's only it's the third and the fourth. <laughs> of course, I had to, you know, rub it in, and uh, <laughs> is that you know it was just suddenly became this whole other third three-dimensional thing in the sense like I had the boyhood, and then I had the the, the sort of decadent, you know, and being uh, kind of a, kind of a roué or whatever. Boulevardier kind of person, and then the third one was about me actually becoming a man and becoming, you know, kind of conquering a lot of fundamental demons and dealing with these kind of big issues. And uh, and yeah, so I think it really kind of cemented my early career as this, as as really showing me as someone who you know was around for a while, will be around for a while, yeah. and I'm still here. <laughs> well, you should applaud for that. <laughs> It's not the easiest thing to stick around for as a musician. No, yeah. no. I mean, I, I live in L.A. Uh, 
and uh, and it is I have to say that uh, definitely of late and you know I've been doing a lot of work in the classical world over the years I've written a couple of operas and um, I'm actually composing an, a requiem at the moment which was premiering in uh, Paris at, with the L'Orchestre Radio France and will also be with the LA Master Chorale so I, I, I'm 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 very involved in that world but I still live in LA I still live in you know the, the the belly of the beast and and I and I'm and I'm prone to definitely fall into that whole cycle and try to you know chase that carrot and stuff and it's horrifying <laughs> the music business especially now because it's just become so um kind of vapid and uh and and and, and predictable and uh and very and, and you know and, and the songs themselves are, are are really kind of at the bottom of the equation. So so yeah, but I'm still there, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. But it's been wonderful. All I'm saying is it's wonderful to be. I feel so fortunate that I'm able to go sing with with orchestras, and and both do my own you know pop material and do new pieces that I compose. It's been I feel very fortunate that that I've been able to escape the music business occasionally. <laughs> and we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A S T E P R O allergy.com. That's A S T E P R O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Rufus Wainwright. Well, that's a, you, that, it's one of the most fascinating things about looking at your career, too, because. The operas, Requiem, uh, Folkocracy, yes. which is your latest yeah, record. Folk, yeah. I mean, do you look at yourself as an explorer of genre, or is this just mm. like the ultimate flex? <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I just love a great melody, you know, and and 
I, I certainly, I, and I also like to constantly challenge myself uh, and feel that it's important as an artist in general to do that. I mean, I mean, I won't name any names, but but we all know that there are a whole bunch of of, of really incredible artists who kind of just sort of put out the same thing over and over again still. And, and that's great, and uh, and I'm really jealous. And they they make so much money off of it, and it's all so so it's fine. So I, not having been able to kind of crack that code, <laughs> that kind of mediocre code, um, I've chosen to challenge myself and you know torture me. <laughs> and we benefit. So yes, thanks and you for the torture from that's, my uh... sacrifice. So you're going to be uh, playing these with the Louisville Orchestra. Yes. And um, I know you've done some orchestrations before. Yes. Is there something about this record? I mean, sure, it's the anniversary, but is right. there something about this album that kind of lends itself to that? No, definitely. I mean, I, there's an argument that the show that I'm doing now is really how this or this album should be performed. Uh, because it's, even though Marius DeFries, who, who is a great producer who we worked with, I worked with on the original um, album, uh, you know, we... And with great uh, musicians, including Matt Johnson, who will be playing with us on drums tomorrow, um, and and uh, uh, Spooky Ghost, all these kinds of people. Um, it is. It was the the first time, after working with two incredibly talented producers who were kind of awful people. <laughs> Who've always made me feel bad? Who were that they were great producers? Uh, uh, that, that that's John Bryan and and Pierre Marchand, and uh, but they always made me feel really bad about m- me wanting to kind of be this sort of very uh, how should I say it very baroque kind of grand uh, kind of musically uh, big person and. Uh, and then, and then finally, uh, with Marius DeFries, he just he thought it was so fantastic, and he would just sit there and like lay it on me, you know. And and to be fair to the two awful guys before him, um, it was good for me to have a lot of that strife, you know, to go through a lot of those battles. And and they were probably right in certain cases, you know, in terms of editing my my flamboyance occasionally. But um, but 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 by the time I got to Marius, he was so excited to just, um, you know, um partake in, 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 in this, you know, vision that I have, that I had, which was essentially orchestral uh, with, with the songs and, and how I wanted them presented. So it's amazing to do it with an orchestra finally. Yes, it does. It, I mean, does it, you know, some artists, Bob Dylan, you'll write 60 versions of one song. I mean, right. does, it, does it allow you to kind of go back and reimagine some of these? Or is it just a... To build it, like, what is it? What is the vision? Well, the vision, I, I maybe the vision with both albums that the first... Uh, is sort of the, a male version of myself, and the second album is a female version in the sense that it's the the the, the light and the dark. Um, and 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 you know, at, at before I actually went, I went into the studio to record these albums. Uh, but before then, I, I'd had a real battle with uh, with drugs and alcohol. I went to rehab and stuff, and and I wrote a lot of the songs, you know, during that um, before and and during that whole um, debacle. Um, but then once I, I got into the studio, I was, I was pretty clear and, uh, and was able to sort of just, you know, focus fully on the music. And, um, so the first album, Want One, I think is more the sort of valiant knight who is, you know, trying to defeat the dragon and so forth. And so it's very, um, 
bright and 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 positive the second one is sort of i on the cover i'm dressed as uh the lady of shallot <laughs> so i'm a little it's more this sort of remaining mystery and sort of untamed um spirit that uh that is with you know everyone even though even though they think it isn't <laughs> and we'll be right back right after this hey welcome to kyle meredith with consequence where we check out some cool new things happening on the uh, Consequence Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today I get to talk to uh, Ann Erickson, host of our new Consequence Podcast, Beyond the Boys Club. Hey, Kyle. And congratulations on Beyond the Boys Club. Uh, well, what can you tell us about it? Four years ago, I started a column published on Consequence called Beyond the Boys Club. The goal is to spotlight the women making a name for themselves in rock and metal. All these artists share their passion for music and their stories of breaking barriers as women in the music industry. This fall, we're taking the conversation further in the Beyond the Boys Club podcast. The interview series will welcome amazing female and non-binary artists from across the genre spectrum to share their stories and triumphs as they follow the beat of their own drum and shake up the scene. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to check it out. And we should all check it out because Beyond the Boys Club arrives uh, twice monthly uh, on Tuesdays, wherever you get your podcasts. Great talking with you, Anne. Thanks, Kyle. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Rufus Wainwright. Like I'm, re- I'm reading about, uh, do I say Hadrian? Yes, Hadrian, yes. And that's the next opera. That, the, well, that's finished, yeah. Well, that's, hey, right, Hadrian right. is composed. But hearing it, like, even about, like, the, the storylines that, you know, coming off of reading about that and, like, yeah. like where did that one come? Because you get to kind of lean into the stuff you're talking about. It, it sounds like a little bit more, too. Just in terms of, This like, historical. Yeah, yeah, well, I've always been, look, I became a huge opera fan when I was about 13. Um, and I have a 13-year-old daughter now, and I, <laughs> she's amazing. Her name is Viva. She's incredible. She's a, she's a, a, a wonderful person, and, and I couldn't be happier. I, I am struck, though, by how weird I was <laughs> at that age. <laughs> like, I was listening to Verdi's Requiem and, you know, Wagner and stuff. So, so I was just, I was a very unusual child. And, 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 it, and sometimes I have to sort of check myself and, and, and be, and realize that I, you know, can't expect her to be doing that as well. Though she's, she's not averse to it. She's actually, she is interested in it. She's like, I like listening to it. I hate going to the opera. I like, you know, but, uh, but, but, but it's so, so it's, um, so yeah, so I became, I developed this intense, uh, passion for opera, which, which, which has remained over the years. And, uh, and thankfully, I was able to put it into my songwriting in a kind of way that that really set me apart at the time from other, you know, up and coming artists. Like I, I heard the version of uh, of He Loved, and yeah. and and just knowing, yes. like it's so incredible. And I st- I do mean this. It's so incredible how you can take something meant for one thing, like an opera. Yes. And like oh, now we can make it a folk yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Now no, we can I, make I it. Do, yeah. I do transfer. You know, uh, uh, some of the. Look, I just want it to be effective. <laughs> And uh, moving, I think moving is the main thing. I mean, I was, it's very interesting. My daughter's, she's really into Taylor Swift right now. And so I've really been going through the, the education of that. And, you know, and I, and it's, and it's fascinating because it isn't, um, you know, look, I, I'm, I want to remain open minded. And I actually think it's, it's very impressive what she does. And, and there's a lot of, of, of stuff that, that, that I, I could never even dream of, 
of 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 accomplishing but but i so i so on the way to school i it's like a constant thing and uh and I'm and there's songs, certain songs I like better than others. But then when I got dri- drive back home after dropping Viva at school, I put on the Met Opera channel, and um, and the other day I did that, and they and then they were playing um, Pagliacci, which is you know kind of you know it's a, it's a great opera, but it's one of the more sort of you know it's a little bit schmaltzy. It's sort of it's super kind of lowbrow in a way but it's but the music's great but then when they do that aria vestia la juba i was like in tears you know in the car and it is you know i like stuff that makes you cry and moan and <laughs> you know shake and <laughs> some taylor fans would you say know, the yeah, same yeah, thing yeah, right, yeah, right i guess yeah, so yeah, i sure. guess so it hasn't happened for me yet with taylor <laughs> but i'm not saying it won't i i i'm i'm, I'm yet. open to it sure yes. yeah <laughs> yes I certainly appreciate you what you do. Oh, and you. we love your music so much. Thank you. And I know I share that sentiment with everybody in the room here. Rufus Wainwright, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And my thanks to Rufus Wainwright. He has a new record out, which we didn't get to talk much about there, but it's called Folkocracy. I uh, definitely recommend checking that out. And, of course, the uh, 20th anniversary of Want. Uh, so thanks to Rufus. Thanks to you for checking out the episode. Again, I do hope you hit that subscribe button while you're hanging around. Uh, that way you can get all the interviews that we put out. Three brand new ones every single week. New one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at all the usual places, including uh, Spotify and Apple Podcast, at NPR, WFBK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Again, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. Right to a show Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's four hours of classics from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. You get the best in new music, bonus interviews, lots of music news. One of my recent uh, shows uh, featured the music of Ann Peebles, Wilson Pickett, Stevie Wonder, The Pixies, uh, let's see, Vampire Weekend, Juliana Hatfield, Dave Matthews Band, Fleetwood Mac, Tom Waits, Lucinda Williams, Simon and Garfunkel, Blur, The Black Keys, Boy Genius, Ani DeFranco, The Cure, Sex Pistols, Johnny Marr, and my interview with The Breeders. Again, just an example of what you get every weeknight starting at 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the old social media sites. In fact, uh, the address is always the same, at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. (laughs) It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.